for me, the beauty of diabetes was that was the anchor, but it allowed me to explore so many different areas of research and interest. Welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. I'm Dr. Jen Barna, and I'm excited to have you here with me today. Thank you for joining me for this conversation with Dr. Robert Gebay. Dr. Robert Gebay is Chief Scientific and Medical Officer of the American Diabetes Association and Associate Professor at Harvard Medical School. His research focuses on innovative models of diabetes care to improve diabetes outcomes and the lives of people with diabetes. His vibrant career includes many accomplishments, and you can see those in our show notes. I'm very thrilled to have Dr. Gabay here to discuss with me his personal journey, a little bit about his life, and some insights that he shares with us about physician wellness and how to integrate work and life. So Dr. Robert Gabay, welcome to Doc Working, the Whole Physician Podcast. Thanks so much, Jen. I'm looking forward to this. I'm so excited to have you here because you've had great success and you've made such a difference in so many lives across the globe in your career. And I really am interested in hearing about your journey. So just going all the way back, how would you describe yourself as a pre-med and medical student? Let's start way at the beginning. Okay. So I would start by saying my intention was not to practice medicine. I started as a basic scientist and got a PhD in biochemistry, and my interest was really to be a researcher. So with that, during my PhD, and I did it sort of the long way, PhD first, and then went to medical school. You know, my experience doing research was the first paper was this amazing thing. And I literally had a big party celebrating with my friends that I published my first paper and I was so excited. And then the second one was a little less and the third, a little less and the fourth, a little less. And I realized that, you know, I went into this in a sense to help people. And as a scientist, I felt I was too distal to actually impacting people. Of course, science is critical to all the discoveries we've made, but I wanted to be a little bit closer. So I literally went to medical school to learn more physiology and then go back to the lab. So as a pre-med, it wasn't a pre-med. I was a scientist. And then in medical school, really the first couple of years were, you know, doing the coursework. And I was really focused on learning that information, but not really focused on the practice of medicine. And then the aha happened in the third year of medical school, you know, that sort of magical year where you try a little bit of this and that. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. And so I kept on re-enlisting in the clinical world and things go on from there. <laughs> that is so interesting. We actually have that in common. I started out to do research as well and realized partly into my PhD that I wanted to be on the more clinical side of things. And the basic research can be so specific and so narrow and yet so critical to ultimately making a difference in the lives of clinical medicine of patients. But it can be very difficult when you're focusing on such a small piece of that to see the big picture and difficult to explain to other people what you're doing. 
Yeah, I think it's true. And, you know, I think every person has their niche in the journey. And I guess what I realized, and it took me a while because even after, you know, sort of then doing residency, I carved out six months of my residency to do research. And then when I started my fellowship of my three years, I actually started the first year, year plus doing research and not doing clinical. And so I kept going back to that. And it was only that last phase where during my fellowship, I did my research time. And it was probably like a year, a year and a half of the three years. I wrote a grant and then I went back to doing the clinical stuff. And I so missed the clinical time. And I really enjoyed doing that. And the funny thing is, I actually, the grant, it's what they call a K award. That's sort of a five-year, you know, foundational thing for your career. You know, I found out part of the way in that clinical time in endocrinology fellowship that I got the grant, which is like, wow, you know, five-year cover 80% of your salary. Like it's as good as it gets in that phase of one's career. And I sort of came to this thing of, yeah, I don't really want to do that. And I had to go to my mentor and, you know, he's like, Bob, this is fantastic. You're well on your way. And I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry, but I think I'm going to turn it down. And he was like, what? And I was very nervous to tell him because, you know, we had a great relationship. I had great respect for him and I was really nervous. And he was like, Bob, you know, you got to do what you want to do. He was fine with it, of course, you know, and he turns out to be this incredible person. I've been fortunate to have so many wonderful mentors. He actually eventually became the dean of Harvard Medical School and was an important person in my life. I've had several wonderful mentors historically, and they've really shaped who I am. And my way of giving back is really I'm a big believer in mentorship, such an important thing that we do. And medicine has a great tradition of that. You bring up a couple of points that I would love to hear more about. I mean, even so early in your career and you were so accomplished to receive this honor of this award and then to have the wherewithal to be able to step away a little bit and recognize that that wasn't the direction that you wanted to go rather than let that push you in a direction. That had to take a lot of self-awareness and courage to be able to do that at that early stage in your career. And kudos to you for realizing that and to your mentor for supporting you in that decision. So what did you do from there? And then I also am very interested in hearing about mentorship because I do agree with you that that's such a critical part of success and guidance, especially in a medical career. Yeah, it's interesting. I've had several points of my career where I've had those forks in the road. And I mean, I'd love to say I was super reflective and analyzed all the pros and cons. And, you know, to some degree I did because I tend to be that kind of person. But there are probably like a half dozen of crucial sort of decisions that, you know, shaped who I am. And that was one of those choosing again, getting my PhD and not going to a lab and be a researcher and follow that path was sort of another fork point. And, you know, I'm going to go to medical school. And uh, I even remember my parents thought I was crazy. Like, you already got a job, got the PhD. Why are you going back to school? (laughs) But in any case, it all worked itself out. 
I can imagine the difficulty explaining that to others. It's such a long road, the MD-PhD especially. Yeah, and you already have a career. Why are you starting a new one? Speaking of your career and all of the achievements that you've made in the field of diabetes and treatment of diabetes, is there something that happened in your life or was there anything in particular that drew you to that illness specifically? Yeah, it's a good question. So it was somewhat serendipity to some degree. You know, when I was choosing a mentor uh, in my PhD program to do my research with, I had someone in mind and also another one of those, you know, the sort of pantheon of mentors, Henry Lardy, and his lab was looking at metabolism and understanding what my project was, was how insulin signaled. And in those days, they really didn't know any of tyrosine kinase or any of the things that we later understood. So I worked on that, but honestly, I didn't even, and this seems crazy, I was in such a, speaking of the narrow world, I didn't really equate that to diabetes at all. I was like, oh, here's this hormone and they don't know how it works. I'm like, oh, that's an interesting problem. And I just sort of went deep into that. As I got into medical school, then, you know, I obviously saw the connection to diabetes. And I think what has been great, you know, professionally in the world of diabetes is the gateway to so many different things because it's endocrinology, certainly, but it's cardiology. It is neuropathy. It is uh, renal disease. It is population health. It is, you know, one of the most costly chronic diseases. So chronic disease management has that evolved. I got interested in primary care because that's where most people get their care. And that took me on a journey to patient-centered medical home and a bunch of work in that area. It's about behavior change and understanding what works there. And so that's another area that I sort of dove deep into for a number of years. It's health economics. You know, one in five healthcare dollars spent on diabetes, prevention, lifestyle, you know, So for me, the beauty of diabetes was that was the anchor, but it allowed me to explore so many different areas of research and interest. So, yeah. Beautifully said. I can imagine how many opportunities there are, and it must be difficult to even focus within one, especially an illness as broad as diabetes. Well, and, you know, the interesting thing is I got advice earlier in my career at my first faculty job that I did not heed, that was, Bob, you need to focus. You need to pick like one area and just like, that's your thing. Not diabetes, but much more narrow, one aspect of diabetes. And that has actually not been the way I've done things because as I described, you know, I've had different periods of time where I got into behavior change and projects around that, and then patient-centered medical home and population health and digital health and, you know, a whole bunch of different things. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to listen to all the advice you get. (laughs) Yeah. And that's great advice. Yeah. Right. You know, you got to process and what feels right. And for whatever reason, maybe it's a little bit of my ADD. I just, you know, got excited about the next cool thing. And, you know, if I think about it, some of it was really trying to solve problems, you know, like the behavior change piece was clearly something that, 
you know, I realized that so much of diabetes was what people did. And I didn't really know how to help people change their behavior. And I certainly didn't learn any of that in my training, because in those days, that was not, you know, now, fortunately, some of that is in the curriculum. My daughter's in medical school. And so I get to hear sort of what it's all like through her. And in any case, and so, yeah, it was sort of following different areas that clinically made sense as I saw patients and I needed help in dealing with them. So speaking of seeing patients, how do you divide your time between being chief scientific and medical officer at the American Diabetes Association and associate professor at Harvard Medical School and seeing patients? First of all, I mentioned I'm a little ADD, so the opportunity to do lots of different things is extremely appealing to me. You know, as I became a physician and really devoted myself to that, it's incredibly rewarding activity and it's a great motivator for me. And it was not something I wanted to give up. So, you know, I started obviously in my training was mostly all clinical. And my first faculty job, I probably was maybe 50% clinical and 50% other research, teaching, leadership kind of roles. And that sort of kept narrowing because that's sort of the career path that, you know, many of us do as we're more on the research or leadership sort of side of things. But I never wanted to give it up. And when I came here to the American Navy Association, it was sort of a precondition, like, you know, I want to be able to continue to do that. And they were like, sure, you know, how do I juggle it? It's not easy. It's busy. And it may be something I can't always do. We'll see. But it recharges my batteries each time I go. And it reminds me why all the things we do are important. And you mentioned being a dad as well. How do you integrate your life outside of work with all of these many things? And I'm sure I really barely scratched the surface in naming those three (laughs) categories. You're involved internationally with programs such as the International Diabetes Federation Bridges Program and et cetera. So how do you integrate in your life outside of work with all of the work you do in your career? It's a great question. I started doing some things that have really helped me in terms of managing the stress of it, uh, you know, finding the balance and maybe balance isn't the right word because, you know, certainly it's not a 50-50 in medical world, you know. I stop working at a certain time of the day, and that may vary, but then I'm done. Unless, you know, if I'm on call or, you know, something, obviously urgent things come up, but Generally, I try not to look at emails anymore. I don't do anything till the next morning. So I have that little carved out time. And as much as I can, I try to do as much as I can during the week. So my weekends are mostly free. Not always. Things spill over, you know, but I go with with that intention to ensure that I have time. And it took me a while to realize that Checking a few emails at a random time in the evening, I think, ah, it's easy. It's here. No, it takes my mind somewhere else. And I'm not in the present and I'm not as relaxed. And so it helps me to have sequestered time where I do not, unless, you know, special circumstances, be in work mode. And that really helps. That's wonderful advice. And 
My last question really is what you may advise yourself as a younger person. What would be one piece of advice that you would give to yourself? Oh boy. Wow. That's a tough one. I think have faith that it'll all work itself out. Trust yourself and stay curious. I think that's been another part of my journey is that curiosity has been taking me into lots of different things. And now I have a role where being a jack of many trades is particularly valuable because I sort of deal with, you know, the research side and the clinical side, and you know, so many different aspects. Yeah. Wonderful. I look forward to talking with you further about your ideas about physician wellness. And I know that you've done some work in relation to that. And I love hearing your insights there. And I appreciate you coming on the podcast and talking with us. We're so thrilled to have you, Dr. Bob Gavay. Thank you again for coming on Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thanks so much, Jen. This was great and look forward to more. I'm Amanda Taran, producer of Doc Working, the Whole Physician podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and head over to DocWorking.com to see all we have to offer.